Welcome to another episode of the Love with Elise Peck podcast. I'm your host, Elise Peck. I'm a best-selling author, certified mindset coach, lawyer, wife, and mother. Today, I'm very happy to be speaking with Tamara Dizotti. Tamara, an Italian mother of two living in Norway, is a trusted advocate for women's transformative journeys. As a trauma-informed certified doula, postpartum doula, nutritional advisor, author, and embodiment facilitator, Tamara passionately supports women in their quest for empowerment. With a compassionate and empathic approach, she guides women to embrace their inner strength and create a positive birth experience. Tamara's commitment to modernizing birth wisdom and adopting a holistic perspective allows her to equip women with knowledge, tools, and confidence for informed choices in pregnancy and the postpartum period. Her dedication lies in unwavering support and, and, and empowering women on their unique path of motherhood. So how inspiring is that? Birth holds such a dear place in my heart. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. Welcome, Tamara. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for it's being nice here. To be here. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, I would love to kick off with the question. If you could give your pre-motherhood self any advice about motherhood, what would that be? Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, it was a long, long journey uh, before I understand that. <laughs> uh, where do I start from the beginning? <laughs> I guess if you imagine um, maybe the version of you that's pregnant and is mm. going to become a mother for the first time, um, what would you tell her about the journey ahead? Would you give her any advice? Yes. Um definitely so if i would have been pregnant right now uh, i would say that being pregnant is just the beginning of a long journey and uh, uh, and we can prepare for the journey of birth absolutely but no one prepares you for the journey of motherhood and that is difficult because uh we as women, we don't have a clear um, uh, role model, I would say, because our mothers or aunts or, you know, in our community, uh, they lived in a different way. <laughs> uh, being a mother dedicated to the children and forget themselves. For me, it's much more important to remember that you are a person too that you need to take care of yourself first so that you can take care of your children, your family, and be and living a happier life, of course, you know? So, mm. yes. Uh, and that you can achieve it by using self-care as a first thing. And we need also to kind of um, re-talk a little bit about what, doesn't mean really self-care because it's not just like bubble baths you know it's like creating a life that you really want to to live uh, and with a little bit of commitment we don't need too much but a little bit of commitment and um, of course we need the support of community but also within support of people that are um, um, professionals in this uh, sector because 
for myself living uh you know uh you know a little bit about my story but i i gave birth in italy first and i had everyone there family friends everyone telling me what to do what would not to do uh, how to breastfeed how to um, change the nappy how uh, w if the baby was crying what else uh, should i do so i was listening to everybody and, and not my intuition uh, when i came to norway actually i was totally alone and that was my <laughs> my strength at the end because i realized that i needed to really tap into my intuition what my gut was saying there you know and um, which was much better for me at least so i think uh, i don't know how this can help other people but i, I hope so <laughs> you know yes I, I love a lot of stuff in there um so you've touched on the importance of self-care you've touched on what you called a little bit of commitment to that, which I'd love to hear more about in a moment. Mm -hmm. um, you've touched on getting support and professional help, but then you've also touched on the downside of having too many cooks in the kitchen. Is a, I don't know if you've heard that saying, but it's too, too many voices and ultimately um, the importance of being able to tap into your own intuition and your own um instincts I guess which is a really tricky one because <laughs> we get so much messaging and there are so many companies trying to sell us stuff and market stuff it gets hard to know like it's an interesting I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because um I feel women do need some encouragement and education around good parenting practices and the importance of breastfeeding and all of this. Um, because I think what used to be instinct is quite dry, drowned out by the idea that every time we watch TV or anytime we see marketing, we're sort of bombarded with modern inventions that people can profit from in, in you know, like uh, formula is very marketed, bottles are marketed, um, cribs and cots and um, a child being in their own nursery and all of this stuff is very marketed and normalised on TV that if you left a mother to her own devices, would she just look at the social norm and conform to that without realising that there are, there are costs and downsides to this new modern marketed approach? Um, do women need some education of... This used to be instinctual, but now all the messaging is, you know, it's 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 tricky because I think we do need some education, but then I hear so many women on this podcast, especially saying, oh my gosh, it was all too much or everyone telling me everything. And then I went home and I just had my own voice. And that's when I really found my flow. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel women need some education or you really think if you left them to their own devices, they really would breastfeed and, and, um, and know what to do um so um, what i usually do also suggest to my own clients actually when they ask me um you know is more like uh, um 
and I think this was told to me as well when I, uh, with my first child, actually, if I remember well, I had this amazing midwife uh, doing this uh, awesome course. Um, and she always said to me, and I totally agree with her, you know, she was an old style midwife, uh, retired many years ago, uh, but really amazing. And she said, you don't need anything. You just need, you know, like a kind of like a bucket where to wash your baby and that's it. <laughs> so uh, I actually always um, stick to that, you know. Uh, I know there is a lot of stuff out there, but you don't really need that, all that. And uh, now when my clients ask, uh, what do I need really to buy? Because there's a lot of stuff. I don't know where to start. And um, and now I live in Norway. So it's actually a little bit more tricky because you need to have the right um, clothes for winter. You know, all the seasons is very important. And uh, very often the, the babies uh, sleep in the probably outside here so in the winter as well so you need to be very aware of what uh, how to dress and what kind of stuff that you really need here is a little bit more tricky but uh, other than that I just say you know you go with the basic you need um, the, the clothes that you need uh, the stroller and the first bath you can do it also in, in into the uh, the sink, for example, I did it into the sink. I didn't buy anything else, and you know, <laughs> it's actually not needed. And all the stuff that you buy, you're gonna have to resell it or give it away because uh, it, it will remain there, unless uh, you buy a bucket, you wash the baby in the bucket, and then you know you use it for your clothes afterwards. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I, I like to be practical, really. Mm. Yes, I barely and even washed my baby as well. I um, I heard that it was good for it to smell the amniotic fluids. Oh yes, not uh, not at the beginning. Sure, sure, not right away, but yes, the beginning is important. Yeah, once it had the poo explosions, I had to start <laughs> to start washing it. But but I tried to go as long as I could, a few days at least after birth. Yes. yes. You know, in Italy, they used to wash the baby um, right after birth, uh, while not here in Norway. So uh, I was very, very surprised when that happened because uh, I could smell my baby. <laughs> and it was, it, it is something that should just impress in my mind, in my sensory, you know, uh, of the body. And I still remember it now after 15 years. And it kind of like um, hurt me thinking that I couldn't do the same for my son. And uh, the journey was completely different. And I believe that uh, that importance of smell your baby, uh, you know, in the beginning uh, to create that bonding, that connection. Because uh, for me, it was much, much harder for my son that with my daughter. I couldn't breastfeed him. I, I Instead, I breastfed my daughter. So it is it is very different, the experience mm. that I have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of primal processes that we don't quite realize what we're doing when we 
invent new things to sort of change what nature designed. Um, you know, like things that we don't even understand and probably that we're interfering with now. And I think that the less intervention as possible, the better sometimes. Um, I would like to touch back on, you know, you said one of your greatest um, pieces of advice to yourself pre-motherhood is the importance of self-care and knowing that you're important too. So how did you have that epiphany? How did you realise or when did you realise that it was important to take care of yourself too? How did you come to that conclusion? Uh, you know, um, probably, uh, <laughs> uh, I think the journey was very long for me before I understood that, but... <laughs> Um, I've been suffering uh, migraine all my life, basically. And uh, I realized a few years ago that actually my migraine was like a signal, uh, you know, telling me you are doing too much and now your body can't do anything anymore. You need the rest. So I was like pushing, pushing, pushing to the extreme and then I was collapsing with my brain, right? So uh, I, I realized that uh, only after I did um, a training to become like a, um, oh, sorry, just a moment. Uh, there was a, a blue screen. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I realized, um, I realized, uh, uh, realized that uh, when I did this uh, course uh, to become like um, is um, self-centering uh, teacher so is uh, basically uh, learning to be present in my body and this was just the start of my journey towards embodiment uh, and now I also embodiment facilitator so it was really a long journey to understand that but uh, now I uh, got in more into, you know, understanding my body, the signals that my body is giving to me when I can give and when I can't and where is my energy when I need to rest. I need to give permission to myself to rest. I also was talking with a friend, a former client of mine a few days ago about the fact that um you know, uh, she was feeling very tired uh, and after birth and she was, uh, she, she thought it was um, postpartum depression, right? So she went uh, to get help uh, and so on. But uh, uh, now after years of um, therapy, she said, I just realized that I'm tired because I need the rest. I'm not depressed. I just need rest. So sometimes we demonize or the society demonize the fact that a woman is resting. Oh, you can't rest. You always have to run and, you know, do things and stuff. But we need also to uh, be aware where our energy is, at what level can we give or not right now. If we don't, we need to take that nap or, you know, a moment for ourselves. So, yeah. Yes, I but, love. Uh, there's much more about self care as well, if you want. But yeah, you tell me. 
Yes, no, I, I love that. I think it's so important to stress the importance of rest. Um, I, I think the message is coming through a little more now, but for so long it was it was really like push and hustle culture and boss babe and all of this sort of stuff, which is still, I mean, you can be that like half the time and then resting the other half is just, um, it's it's about that balance, isn't it? If you refuel, um, then you've got more to give. Um, you know, certainly motherhood taught me that very loud and clear. I just thought I could keep going nonstop and uh, <laughs> I burnt out. Um, so I feel like motherhood is like the ultimate teacher in respecting mother nature and respecting the pace, a sustainable pace. Um, yes, but I feel that it sounded, you said before that um, I feel you had something to say about, you said that it's important to commit a little bit to self-care. Does it, does it requires commitment. What, what did you mean by that? Yeah, um, that's uh, because um, for my perspective on my training, how I train myself and how I'm training others in this practice is, uh, um, uh, and I can explain everything, but is um, this a, a, a commitment because it's something that we need to do every single day. So when we practice self-care, when I do practice self-care, uh, I actually kind of, um, uh, how do you say, um, repattern re your um, uh, brain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to create a new habit, you need to create new habits, uh, you know? And to create new habits, you need to be consistent on it. Otherwise, uh, you are coming back to the old habits. So, uh, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, taking a, involve a lot of time or, you know, taking a lot of effort in doing it. It just needs like a few seconds as I do. It's like, you know, uh, now coming to me automatically through the day but uh, at the beginning, you have to commit to that, you know, like three times a day. Let's do this and listen to the body. Wh where am, uh, am I at this point? Am I present in my body or not? You know, and understand that uh, sometimes when we feel fear, anger, the, the, the stomach clenching, or um, the posture is like uh, holding up like that, uh, you know, with tension and say, okay, I need to let it go. Okay, uh, relax uh, in my shoulder. Uh, just take a breath, you know, it's, uh, it's like a com commitment in that thing. It doesn't take so much, but once that becomes natural to you, you're gonna do it through the day uh, automatically and that, it's just a way to start to understand the self-care, you know? Understand yeah. where your feelings, understand where you are at at that moment. Um, yeah. Great. So what prompted yeah. you to what prompted you to learn about self-care and to create a desire to create new habits? What where did this all come from? Where did you get the idea that so you had the migraines? Um, how did you realize that 
I need to care for myself and then this is how I'm going to do it. How, how did you realize? Oh, I, I didn't realize it until I do it. I did it. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, there is this amazing teacher uh, that I knew uh, since before, um, the one that taught me this practice. Uh, she is, um, her name is Elizabeth Manson uh, from US. Uh, I didn't know that I need that uh, training, but uh, my gut was saying so, because I'm a very intuitive person. So <laughs> when there, something is happening and I feel all my body saying, I need that, I'm going to take that. So I did it. And then I realized that that was exactly what I needed, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I understand a little bit more, just for anyone that doesn't know what it's like to connect to their intuition. So for you, you get a sensation in your body and um, like a strong knowing, or does it feel urgent? Or what does it feel like your intuition? The intuition and, you know, um, because also you mentioned uh, instinct before, I, and I would like to to say uh, two words about this because uh, I've been discussing this uh, with um, some other people before and, and they are quite different, right? So uh, when we tap into the uh, instinct, the instinct is something like more uh, primal, and sometimes it could be uh, also connected more to fear, uh, I believe. Why uh, intuition, you need to be centered on your in your body first and not to take the decision by fear or by urgency, you know? So it's like, uh, uh, if you want, we can do this practice together uh, <laughs> to understand how that works. Yes, so we take yeah, yeah. So let's just try take a breath in, relaxing your shoulder, <sighs> and let your body just be for a moment. Can you feel your body? Uh, how uh, it feels right now? There is any tension. Do you feel tension somewhere in the body uh, or some needs urgency in this at this moment in the body? What does it need your body? What is it that is needed? Is it food, is nutrition, is uh, um, hydration, is rest? What is it that is asking to you the body right now? Uh, I've got sort of tension um, in my face around, it used to be, I used to hold a lot at the bottom of my jaw, but this is kind of up near the cheekbones, interestingly. Um, yeah. So what does it mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> what does it need? It could be an, an indication of stress. Mm. So uh, why don't, don't we try to just uh, do this kind of breathing practice where you breathe in for four and breathe out for six, but very slowly. So you the, the breathing in for four 
is just an irregular breathing like this. And then out. Very long. As long as you can, six or longer. Simply breathing in and long breath out. Oh, I got the message, it needs to cry. <laughs> Intention is to cry. <laughs> mm. And then, you know, having a little bit more time, you can take all that time to cry, to let that uh, emotions flow through your body. And if your body wants to move that emotion, you can also move the body so that uh, it's bizarre just by me naming it needs to cry the need went away yeah oh. yeah yeah like, like it's the need got met <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah and then you know we um ask to be you know center and stay center for the time we need to be centered, aligned to our higher self, to get what we really need right now. So just, uh, you know, just that. We need just a few seconds to connect with our body, our feelings, our emotions for a mm -hmm. moment. Sometimes we may need more to let them go and move through the body and, you know, let if there is something strong coming up let them move through and that's okay too but also that just those few moments to get back into the center mm. um, is good enough to to then go and listen is that course or that thing that I think I need is really needed right now Mm, and so you may get yeah, yeah yeah right you may get oh maybe not <laughs> you know uh or yeah so yeah. but there are also many other way of practicing uh intuition and see like uh, with the red um how, uh, how, uh, how you call it the um, uh, the lights on the street the red and traffic lights Traffic lights, thank you. With traffic lights, uh, you can also imagine that. Is that thing that I need a red or a green light, you know, for example? Or um, the, uh, coming back to the exercise we just did, when I think to that thing that I, I really want, how does it feel in my body? Is just flowing and tickling all around or is my body clenching? What is the re is really needed or not? You know, so our body is able to speak to us mm. very clearly when we are tapping into our own uh, truth and intelligence. Yeah, I the love. Body, I mean, you know, it feels so real because it's so simple, and I feel like like Mother Nature wouldn't have made it so hard for us to tap into our intuition. Like, it's just that we're distracted, but if we stop, it's there. And we just need to go inward and get curious, get curious and show ourselves that we care enough to even 
wonder and ask what we need. I love that. And I think um, had I done that exercise a few years ago, I think so much would have come pouring out. But um, now I, I'm actually very in touch with my intuition now. I've been practicing for very for years now. Um, you know, like I, I'm a set, I'm a coach. You know what I mean? Like I do a lot yeah. of my, my own work on myself um, and work with people that help me as well. So, um, but I, I can feel how powerful that is, and I can feel how powerful that would be for someone that hasn't slowed down in a little while, especially like in that early motherhood phase when you're just thinking about the baby and everything and everything's new and everyone's calling you and it's a bit of a treadmill I can see the importance of um just stopping and I um you know and sometimes only when you stop do you realize how long it's been since you've actually stopped and showed any interest in yourself and and asked yourself what do you need so that can be just such a powerful moment and such a powerful question especially um if you haven't done it for quite some time thanks so much Mm -hmm that um yeah and I loved how sometimes just naming and claiming things kind of you know releases the need it's like thank you you saw I had an emotion there and then it then it drifted on so um yeah that was really beautiful I'd just love to know you mentioned that um it was different for your son and your daughter and there was a more of a challenge to bond uh, with your son. And it makes me wonder if given you've had the two experiences, if you now are aware or have insight into what helps, what do women need to bond with their children? What needs to happen? Like, did, Can you reflect on why one was easier and, and what happened so that people can make sure they have the right things in place? or the wrong things out of the place? You know, uh, uh, I've been thinking a lot about that because uh, the, the experience was very, very, very different uh, where my son was taken away, right, you know, right after birth, washed, dressed, um, all the measurements, and then um, put it in like uh, another room, you know? Uh, and I got to see him after um, three, four hours. And they brought him to me only because they said he is a little bit cold and need to be warmed up. Oh. That, that wasn't the only reason. Otherwise, I, I, I probably would have seen him after one day or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Because the idea is, <laughs> it's crazy, but the idea is mother needs rest after birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just makes me feel so sad when I think about this because the other experience is I gave birth into the water I got to get my baby out of the water put it on my chest and I never left her never and now I can also cry because I get so emotional I never let her out of my sight she stayed with me all the time um she got a moment with the father just uh, when I went out from the tap to you know <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, also you know with the second um, we were all together uh, it was like um, alternative birth center was not hospital and my my husband and the other son was with me the time of birth 
And after birth, we were all together welcome in a room with uh, like uh, a king bed and uh, a crib for my first child because he was just one year old, you know, very, very little. Uh, and so my daughter was with me all the time. I smelled her. She, uh, we slept together in the same bed. Uh, she breastfed right uh, in, within the, the, the hour. Uh, during the night that she woke up, I woke up with her and she looked at me. She was smiling than me. I, you know, they say it's reflection, but I don't believe that. They are, she was so conscious. It's a completely different experience that changed not only the bonding, but the life of the child for the future. I, I mean, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm a doula because of that, because women need to know how important that is. And I feel so emotional at this moment because it was so amazing, so, so amazing, really. And we still have a very strong bond, even though teenager, so you know that uh, there is a little bit of find their own uh, uh, identity right now. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> I love that I really felt that I could feel your emotions as you were sharing that and it uh it it, it took me back I gave birth in birth center so it, it, it took me back uh, and, and in the water um and I, I think it, it's so important because it can just be a sliding doors moment of you giving birth somewhere else and you don't realize you don't know what you don't know um you know, so it's really powerful that you've shared that experience now for just anyone that, um, yeah, who knows, maybe didn't didn't bond and can now sort of understand like it, it wasn't their fault and, you know, um, things, there was intervention and things happened and if they wanted to go again and create a different outcome, you know, here's how. Um, and I think it's really beautiful that you're using that passion to empower other other mothers um it's a really beautiful use of that level of care and passion for the topic so how do people work with you what can people do to work with you oh you know uh so i i am a birth doula but also postpartum doula so i work uh for <laughs> for both um uh, for all the the time uh all different uh, phases in their life. Um, I'm not sure uh, what it is that you want to know from. from... Well, I wondered, um, you know, obviously, so you're in Norway now. So I'm guessing you do your yeah. do in person. I guess it sounded like you have, you know, this embodiment facilitator. And do you do online appointments or do you have any online offerings or anything like uh, that? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, I do basically uh, work, yes, on, in person here uh, in Norway um, as a birth doula um, and um, postpartum doula. Um, I'm launching my course online. So I did a beta test uh, in February, March, uh, and I'm going um, to be soon out a uh, um, birth preparation course um is is uh, is a little bit more than that i think because it's uh, um has a lot of embodiment practice in it and self care practice so is a way of preparing 
yourself uh, as a woman to get ready to make that uh, that um, jump <laughs> into motherhood, you know. Um, but uh, uh, I'm also planning. This is really new because uh, I didn't get out yet. But um, I was uh, yesterday doing all the the plan for the next uh, few months. Uh, in October, I'm gonna launch uh, um, a monthly embodiment class with movement. Uh, so that would be online and would be available for everybody <laughs> in the world. So yes, I'm looking forward with that, for that because yeah, uh, I'm gonna do also an, a live event here. I wanna do it in the forest. Uh, it would be very interesting. Uh, connecting your, yourself through the elements of nature, you know. And since I'm working very much with international families here, um, I get to connect with women that are, uh, this land is not their land, as this land is not mine, but, you know, my origin land. But, uh, uh, and this is also part of the work that I do with uh, women in person here. We we do like a, a ceremony at the end of pregnancy, like a, a blessing way kind of ceremony, where we actually. Uh, um, I think this is very important for for women that are, uh, for all the women, but also for probably most <laughs> for those that are uh, foreigner in this land. You know, uh, we do like a connection with the ancestors uh, because. Uh, it is very, very important uh, for birth, but uh, also with the land, with the land we are in and with the land where we come in from. And I think it's very powerful because uh, it's a way of uh, feel the power and the, uh, find the resources that you have inside of yourself already, you know, you are not alone in this place you are supported all the time so um, yeah and I want to do this live event uh, as well uh, in the forest um, with embodiment and that connection with the, with the land so yeah <laughs> well if if you've got a website or social media I'll be able to pop that in the in the show notes a caption of, of the podcast you've got that available so it's yeah. popping up into my head that I'd love to know um, that I'm just curious about is this baby sleeping outside thing in Norway. Um, yeah. Do they yeah. leave them crying out there? What, what is the deal? Or they get them to, uh, what, what happens with these babies being outside? <laughs> so is it the weirdest thing ever when I came here? So all the strollers outside, I said, what? <laughs> so, but uh, yes, there is a reason for that, and uh, is uh, I I've been researching this because I wrote a book in two thousand twelve about uh, the sleep of the babies, and I needed to find out why here there is this uh, practice. It, it's a uh, it's a practice that's coming from uh, uh, all the studies from Finland, and the thing is that. Uh, when they are outside with the air, they um, they sleep better. Uh, and but all started because uh, you know like um, uh, hygiene thing. 
So outside the hair is cleaner than inside and maybe the, you know, ventilation is not good in the houses or um, so baby, babies get less sick when they are outside, uh, they sleep better and, uh, and they also may get some sun if there is a summer and otherwise, you know, you have to cover them all very well. <laughs> so it's like um, fresh air and better sleep I kind of yeah. I was always like baby wearing and holding my babies so close to me I, I can't imagine put, popping them down and then just like leaving them outside so, um yeah I can't even wrap my head around. yes yes uh, uh, for me um I, I I never get used to that <laughs> I have to say it's not um uh, but I understand what they're doing and I mean, the, my kids uh, never went to, uh, I mean, they went to the kindergarten, but uh, not before the, uh, when they were three years old. So, uh, but here before the, uh, they are um, from one to three, they send them to the kindergarten and they sleep outside, you know, uh, after three, then don't sleep anymore in, the, you know, in the kindergarten. So uh, there's, there is no need, but um, so you can see in the car kindergarten here, all the strollers are lying there and there is a person is taking care of them. If the baby cries, you know, of course they pick them up and it, I mean, it, they're not left them alone. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I did it. <laughs> Back in the day, I think in Australia, there was some advice that went around to bundle up your baby and leave it in the garden um, outside to sleep. Ah. And you they just left them there crying. Um, and I wondered if it was similar or if there was more of a responsive approach. So that's nice to know that there's a bit of a responsive approach and it's more just about clean air. Um, yes, love it. Fascinating. So is there is there anything that you haven't shared today that I haven't asked you about that you feel like, um, you know, is, it would, would be important to know to help with the motherhood, a journey of motherhood? Uh, you know, uh, what I was thinking, because, yeah, um, now that you ask, maybe it could be something. Um, and it's about, I care very much about uh, the, the postpartum period uh, when we talk about uh, postpartum depression, you know? And... Uh, so when I, I I did my own training, I got uh, um, also this paper from my teacher, you know, and this is something that I always give to all my uh, clients. Can I show it to you? Uh, so is it's like postpartum promise where basically we commit to, you know, reach out if you feel or see any kind of signs that may indicate uh, postpartum depression, baby blues, or uh, postpartum psychosis, you know, and in the list here, there are all the risk factors. So to be aware, if you are um, in the risk, uh, you have risk factors for postpartum depression. And so, and, you know, this one is for mothers, but for fathers too, because also fathers can, have postpartum depression and no one knows about that or very few people knows so i think it's very important um, to bring awareness into this uh, um, 
uh, situation. I mean, you know. Could you say just briefly for anyone listening, um, a sort of just a couple of 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 signs that you might be having postpartum depression? Like, what are a couple of things in that list? Yeah, a couple of things, you know, because baby blues uh, somehow can be can be confused with the postpartum depression, uh, I would say. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's normal that uh, you have a lack of sleep, so uh, you may feel very tired. Uh, but when you start to feel very, very, very tired all the time that you can't uh, do anything else, and then you get frustrated, anger, overwhelmed, and, uh, you know, like uh, um, kind of becoming hostile towards others that are trying to help you as well. Um, or maybe what else? Um, or maybe you don't show interest in your baby. You know, it's like you, you really don't want to have anything to do with the baby. Um, that could be more of sense um give a sense of postpartum depression right um because feeling uh tired is kind of normal <laughs> right uh, um also a feeling of inadequacy is normal doesn't have to be depression to be just a baby blues but if there are all the other components together could become like a depression, right? Makes sense? Yes, it does. It's it's yeah. an important topic because I think the tricky thing with mental health is whatever state you're in, it's hard to observe it from the outside. So yeah. it, it, whatever you're feeling right now feels so compelling, you always feel justified to feel that way, um, that it's hard to catch. It's like, oh, no, you know, like, of course, anyone would be hostile about that. Anyone would feel offended about that. You might not realize you've slipped into increased sensitivity or hostility because your reality will seem so justified. So I think, um, yes, I, I just think it's, a, it's an important topic to raise and goes a bit back to that self-care and being willing to yeah. get. Yes. Uh, one other thing could be like not feeling, you know, the, the body. I I don't feel anything or I I feel stuck here and all the rest of my body, I don't feel it at all. You know, it's also like a physical component as could, could have. So like dense energy in your body. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, Tamara, it's been a, a yeah. joy to... um to talk with you today about some of my favorite topics. Um, you know, is there any any final words that you want to share before we finish up? Any sorry, any you said any final words that you want to share before we finish up? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I I just uh, hope that uh, you know uh, I wish for every woman to know what it means to um, uh, have that kind of birth that as I have, where you are together with your son, you can see uh, or daughter and see there's their smile, uh, you know, um, just feel their smell, uh, have that kind of connection. I wish that for everyone, 
really, because it's the most amazing thing that you can experience in your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the ultimate dose of oxytocin. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Best feeling. All right. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your insight today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Thank you.